and welcome to the Squeaking Fuel Podcast. Watch us on Spotify, you're probably already watching us on Spotify, but do not forget to use the Fuel Red service. If you're stuck, if you have no fuel, we have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Anyway, today we're going to be talking about Elite Dangerous. Let's pan the mic over to Branch. Branch, take it away. Alright, thanks Zach. So, on the topic of Elite Dangerous... There are many questions as to what the playstyle of Elite Dangerous is. There are a lot of people that think, oh, it's just just like, uh, say, No Man's Sky, where it's just flying around, doing this, doing that, no real trajectory. Now, there is a certain hint of truth to that in the fact that the game does not set your trajectory for you, but unlike other more simplistic games like No Man's Sky, there are many, many more options as to what you are allowed to do when you are playing Elite Dangerous. Say you want to become a space pirate. Instead of having to deal with those pesky sentinels wherever you go, now there's a much more robust system involving bounties and fines and all sorts of different things that you have to worry about during your time flying through the galaxy. There are also things that you have to worry about, as we very well know, regarding fuel conservation and many more other more realistic aspects, which leads us to say that Elite Dangerous is not so much a space game as it is a space simulator. And that is what we try to stress when we discuss things like this game, because a lot of people misconstrue it for being a very easy game, when in fact it is actually a very in-depth game that has a very steep learning curve to the beginning. Now, Jordy, if you want to take it away and explain the logistics of the different kinds of ships, you could maybe describe for us. Yeah, sure. Uh, Different ships in the game, like repeating on TSOs, on Precious uh, Steep Learning Curve, you start out with the first ship, a signed winder, a, a, the starting ship that is the smallest, has the size of like 30 meters wide, if I'm right. Not sure. About a thousand um, times the size of banana. Yeah, about <laughs> a thousand times. Like, it's, a banana isn't that big. But uh, the ship's like, the scale of this game is very hard to... Imagine, yeah. Imagine, that's the word. Because the the biggest ship, the mega ships, are like larger than your street, and the stations are like five kilometers long. The scale of this this game, it's just immersive. But yeah, it's really hard also, to get a sense of the scale, isn't it? When the sense of the scale is yeah. just insane. Especially when you're not in also, VR, it's it's difficult. Oh, VR VR is a lot different. I I uh, lately I used VR. I bought myself a Hotes. Hotes is absolutely awesome if you play this game. What was the brand called? Uh, it's a Logitech, it's a Logitech X56. Oh, I thought you said Hotas. A Hotas. Oh, I was confused. All right, all right, continue. It's a Hotas. It's a Logitech G56. It's not the best Hotas. I think there are better ones for the price, but it gives you so much more control, and you can pop into VR, and it's like the the VR game in comparison to the standard just PC screen game is like day and night. And now I know you guys were talking about the fact that the scale of the game when you're just playing it is very large. Yes. But uh, we actually, we haven't talked much about the actual scale of the game. Being the Milky Way Galaxy, it is actually a one-to-one scale recreation of the Milky Way Galaxy. Yep. With 400 billion jumpable star systems. Well, that's what they claim. 
Yeah, not even everything has been recorded yet, right? Not everything mm. has been visited. Yes, and the furthest space station is Hutton Orbital. It takes... How many days does it take? Does anyone know that? How long it takes to get there? No clue. I do in think... Super I... Cruising, in super cruising, it takes about two hours total time at maximum speed to reach Hutton Orbital Space Station. Wow. Oh, and you can get a free Anaconda there, right? <laughs> well, yes. Um, oh, also, the developers of the game are called Frontier Studios. They do other games like Planet Zoo, uh, um, Planet Coaster. City Skylines, right? Okay, yes. City, was it City Skylines as City well. Skylines? Was it? Did they yeah. do that as well? I think so. Frontier Development. Did Who City made City Skylines? I have literally no clue. Oh. No, it's no, 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 no. That they do colossal order. Colossal order is the company. Oh, it's colossal order. But I think Frontier also worked on the project as well before yeah. they became a massive company. But they also do um. Oh, what was it? Uh, what's the uh not zombie one, a dinosaur one called? Um, isn't that Jurassic World or something? Yes, Jurassic World. Anyway, let's um let's talk about Jurassic Evolution. Uh, yes, 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 that's it. Anyway, let's talk about uh oh fleet carriers. They're coming to the Ooh, game. Ooh, yeah. What's your opinions, guys? I'll hand it over to Geordie uh, uh, first. It's a love and hate relationship. For example, like the whole point of the... Um, how do you say that? That it will uh, diminish over time and it will break over time. How is it called again? Uh, Balance? Yeah. No, the, the, upkeep. That it will, the upkeep. That was it. The oh, upkeep. yes. Yeah. Like a love-hate relationship to the entire community of, of Elite Dangerous at the moment. Because we don't want to have the Elite Dangerous game to be a game you always have to, like, handhold and baby child and not be able to leave it for, like, three months and then come back yeah. and find out your carrier is gone. Mm. The new beta has changed it in a way that it will still be a... Uh, what's the name again? What will happen to the carrier? It will... Well, at the moment they're doing um, a beta blowout, aren't they? No, like the carrier. If you uh, if you don't upkeep it, it will it'll decay over time. Yeah, and finally oh. it will destroy. Explode. There's a name for it. I can't I can't place it anymore. Um, it will guess it guessing Pictionary. <laughs> so <that's... laughs> it's like if you if you don't if you don't use it at all for a month and the upkeep comes all the way down, you can't use it and it becomes abandoned. Oh, okay. Yeah. How is it called again? The rebuy cost. We're confused. Any, anyway, anyway, now <laughs> if you just if you sell your carrier, you will get everything back. So if you want to leave the game for like a month or two, you can just sell your carrier and it will be back again. But only for like far away explorers, they can't literally literally sell everything, and then join again three months later, and then buy everything again because they're in the far edges of the solar system. Uh, still quite annoying, isn't it? I looked up a uh, money guess for, you know, like estimates as to how much it would take to upkeep a carrier. And um, been, they actually said been. that over time, in, in the first year, it will cost the player about $12 billion in credits. Um, and that, that regards upgrading it and that sort of thing. And even after it's fully upgraded and you have the upkeep set to what you want, um, it'll still take about 7 billion credits a year. Now, that doesn't at all take into account the credits that you could make using your fleet carrier, but yeah. that is definitely a, uh, a pretty large expense for 
you know something that's already so expensive to begin with. Well, yeah. Have you even talked keep about? In mind. Have we even talked about how you make credits yet? We haven't, have we? No, we haven't yet. But uh, if I, I want to keep keep this on the carrier first, keep right. in mind that carriers are like end 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 game stuff. Mm. Like only for the the end game people that have like billions and billions of credits at the moment. It's yeah. just that the beta blowout has entered and that you can buy a carrier for 1 million, but the normal buying price for a carrier will be 5 billion credits instead. And then you won't even have all the modules installed. Not yeah. that all carriers will have all modules installed though. Like you won't need a shipping yard and outfitting if you're an explorer. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Well, it's up to you, it's your carrier, you can do whatever you want with it. Of course. What do you think you'd be doing but with your carrier if you had one? If I had one, yeah. I uh, would sell it because I want the credits for more ships. <laughs> but um, I actually I would think I would build like a tool crate or something. That's also how I would call it. Uh, it's like a a a carrier full of different kind of ships, all ready made for different kind of jobs. So a combat ship, a mining ship, a trading ship, a exploration ship, yeah. the, or the carrier instead. It's did the exploration. you did you see the person on Reddit who um? Uh, made their fleet carrier Starbucks and literally just filled it over coffee. No, I didn't. <laughs> that would be awesome. Branch, what are you going to do with your carrier? Well, I don't know if I'll be able to get a carrier for a long time, but um, something that always intrigued me, especially since I uh, enjoy working with the fuel rats so much, would be um, to leave my carrier in an otherwise inha- uninhabited system where you wouldn't normally be able to find, mm-hmm. you know, a station now sure in the long run i mean it, it wouldn't make me any money um not not by a long shot but um it, it would definitely it would definitely ease up on the workload a little bit now are the chances for somebody actually getting you know stranded in that system and needing fuel huge no they're it's very negligible but in the chance that you know somebody does need fuel and the carrier's there I mean, why not use it for that? Yeah, the other thing is, I mean, if if it's not being used very often, then what you can do is you can rig it up on the side for long-distance exploration. Mm. Same, staying rigged with fuel, and then take that on long-distance rescues instead of having to make the, you know, 40-some jumps out to a 6,000-light-year long-range rescue. Yeah, I suppose it's, it would definitely make fuel rest different if they did implement because there was a, another discussion on reddit i know about making fuel rats part of the i'm sorry making fleet carriers a part of the fuel rats obviously we don't know anything about this yet but i mean they were thinking about having a they were doing the dds uh, ddas and um, where they're going to make a massive line of fleet carriers along the path to hutton orbital so making it easier for commanders and less likely to run out of fuel a fleet fleet jumping instead of sending out rats it could be a difference so Stuff like that could be happening, could be coming soon, so, yeah. Keeping on the carrier one more, one more time, yeah. I already also think, like, there was a told that uh, there was talking about uh, different kind of, kinds of carriers, like different aesthetic shapes. I really think that there will be, once, the, once there will be added livery, that there will come, like, search and rescue carriers that will, or carriers that will pop up at starting systems that will, like, boost up new starting players because the owners of the carrier have so much money. Yeah, that would actually be a great idea. But then, would every single player want that treatment? I don't think they would. I would. No. Yeah, I, I do. I, I would, would, would want to have that treatment as well. <laughs> Just but that's like donating, <laughs> donating everything. 
50 million low temperature diamonds. Of course, yeah. For example, that's like the trading currency of Elite Dangerous at the moment. If we want to turn to mining and creating credits, low temperature diamonds is one, so one of the best moments of gaining credits at the moment. Low oh, temperature yeah. diamonds is a is a resource you can find in asteroids and, and asteroids you can find in asteroid rings around planets. And they sell for and about low a million each, don't they? Yeah, the highest I have seen is 1.6 million per ton, per unit of, of wow. low temperature diamonds. And so that's the fastest way to gain credits. Like if you get, get a really good ship, you can pump out like between one and 200 million credits an hour or something. Wow. But it's like, sorry. that's the grind of the game. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I, have an, uh, I have an anaconda personally that I use for mining. Yeah. Um, it has about two hundred and fifty-six cargo, I believe. Ah. And um, yeah, I can bring back each of that and sell for about three hundred and fifty million if the prices are correct. Wow. Yeah, I'm using a Type Nine Heavy, the biggest one of the biggest ships there is, but I'm currently working on my Imperial Cutter. Is the Imperial Cutter like, the most expensive ship? Uh, don't know. It has a purchasing cost of two hundred and eight million, though. It, yeah, it is then. Um, yeah. Oh, but the, so. the Type Nine has a cargo capacity, if it's outfitted for mining, has a cargo capacity of around six seventy-two or no five twelve, five twelve units. Wow. So once you start mining, once you actually f fire your first laser, you have to like. Once you want to stop, you have to go to a station, sell it, and then you can exit. You have to like grind all the way through, or you have to stop and sell. Because if you log out and log back in, pirates will spawn at your location and you will be shut down. Yeah. So the only the only minus of mining is like it's a grind, and how the more cargo capacity you have, the more time it will take. So if I will grind my whole cargo capacity of my Type 9, I will be grinding for four hours straight. That's... wow. That's a long grind. But I, in my squadron, I have some people that were, like, grinding for two days straight or something and will have been working, like, to five mil billion dollars, a.k.a. the purchasing price of a carrion, in, in five days when they have a good mining ship. See, so, um, I tried... Uh, in my Python, I tried going mining as well. And it was a cargo capacity of 160, I think. But mining, honestly, I find it so boring. I'm more of a bounty hunter to me ages. Yeah, it's like, it's the only way of, like, really making money. Mm. But it's the grindy way. Because all the other ways, like uh, wing missions or the, the, the standard contracts, don't make so much. And combat is one of the least making money. Explorer is the one above that, then trading, I guess, and then mining. Mining has always have been the number one. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? They. Uh, anyway, so off the top of Fleet Carriers now. Um, we're talking about mining now. So when did Elite Dangerous, I saw this in the forum post as well, uh, become mining simulator? <laughs> I well, don't know. I... It used to be that um, the main money was in. Uh, core mining, not surface mining. The latest meta for mining is just you know firing lasers at the surface of a rock yeah. and getting and getting stuff from it. But um, that used to give a very negligible amount of material. What they used to make you do 
is something called deep core mining, which was much more monotonous, much more tedious, and it required, I, I would say, a fair amount of skill to pull off. You've got to say it was quite um, satisfying, though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, if I stand correctly, uh, deep core mining was only added recently, right? Uh, end of last year, I think. Yeah, so every time before was still normal mining. But the low temperature diamonds are also just recently popped off. Before the low temperature diamonds was the deep core for its opal mining. Yeah, and then now they've, that, they've made the demand lower, haven't they, for the void opals? Yeah, of course. And um, low temperature diamonds are only actually mineable for good in one station, in one system, at one planet, Boran, at the a2 planet in on the rings because there's a in that system in that part of the galaxy there's a uh, a doubling scheme you have plus 20 percent of efficiency in that system but also at that planet at those rings there is a uh, there are three uh low temperature diamond hotspots in one location so you like it's the best place to mine literally money pick up money do and you have mind, do keep Sorry? in mind um Boran is the only place for beginners to get it, but there is actually a low-temperature diamond mining area that is out near the Colonia side of things, about 20,000-ish light years from the bubble. So there is actually a mining spot out there, but you can't sell for quite as high a price as you can inside the bubble. Can I ask a question? Why is Boran so popular for mining? I just said there was there is a a three low temperature diamond hotspots are like in the same location so you have three hotspots in one so the the normal percentage of each asteroid has already been risen very high and then again in that system is a 20% boost on your refinery so you will get the low temperature diamonds very quickly oh okay not to mention uh, not only does the triple hotspot um, increase the amount of diamonds that you get from an asteroid, but it also increases the tendency of those asteroids to spawn. Oh, okay. So in, yeah, exactly. Say in a standard hotspot, you would get one low temperature diamond asteroid maybe every twenty twenty five asteroids that you were. Here is every three. Mm. Every yeah, three so, or four. So yeah, when you hit the when you hit the triple hotspot, your chances of actually finding low temperature diamonds increase exponentially. Yeah, because I went to a hotspot before when I started mining with my new Python and Python, and um, it was it was awful because I couldn't find a single. I found two in that one hotspot. It wasn't an overlapping one. I should have gone to Boran. Yeah, but now I hear there's a place near Colonia. I think when carriers will come out for good, then there will be like a a lot of jumps over. There. No, it's like there will be a whole like transferring company set up. Oh yeah. Then the 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 LTD to the nearest system from Colonia all the way down to the bubble again. Yeah. The bubble is, by the way, is the the. Yeah, the bubble is the zone of. There's these different leadership groups that expand their territory over time, and then they fight for different territories. Well, we will get more into that, and we'll also talk about credits after the break. See you in a minute. In a world... Stop, stop, stop. Why is there fairy music playing? I thought I said epic music. Do you understand? Okay, let's, let's try this again. <coughs> In a world where some dumb shit 
in an engineered cobra who just got a f***ing pilot's license that fly around like a f***ing psychopath on Onion Head who hotwired a Corvette and crashed like the dumb f***ing was a man who crashed his ship and got to 14%. Luckily, he had the hull seals to fix his mistake and he was on his way in minutes. You can cut the music now. Uh, uh have you stopped the recording? And we're back. Alright, take it away, Branch. Talk about credits. Alright, so... First off, credits are one of the most important things that you will meet through your time playing in Elite Dangerous. Credits will buy you anything from fuel to new ships to uh, materials that you need for sourcing missions to repairs to new weapons to just about anything that you do in the game does rely on credits at some point. And that's why people have gone to such lengths as low-temperature diamond mining and other sorts of activities that involve making credits is because credits are your lifeblood. Aside from fuel, if you have no credits, you don't even have fuel. So it goes to say that credits are one of the most important aspects of Elite Dangerous that you can keep track of. Will be also one of the most important things in like normal life. Money. Money. We're about no money, no food, no food, no life, right? Yeah. Right, sorry, I'm back now. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so we got credits covered, and what's so the most effective way, obviously, at the moment is mining to get credits. But then, what would you what would you rank exploration, bounty hunting, and the other methods? Well, um, the other more notable method is there is actually a site online that takes you through a path known as the Road to Riches. Well, I and what is is there is a uh, there's a, there's an algorithm that you plug in to this site, and what it does is it plots you a course that your ship can take based on what you plug in, because it asks you for your jump range and a couple other things. And then what it will do is it will take that information and it will plot you a perfect course for as far a distance as you want to go. And from then, you can take that route that you have to manually plug in yourself. And then from there, uh, you sell navigation. Navigation data is actually a very good but often overlooked way of getting money. Um, There have been statistics that show that the road to riches can get you up to 10 million an hour if you do it properly. Yeah. I um, I did it recently. I did five jumps of it and I got five million. So... Yeah, that's not bad. But I was in my ratting ship. Um, uh, okay, so, right. Uh, the power play. Who wants to talk about power play? I haven't had any experience with the power play yet. Alright, I'll, I'll start then. So, recently, I have been... Uh, I've, I've recently pledged myself to uh, Lee Yong-ru. He's the, the person with the yellow jacket. He's the yellow faction. And, how um, dare you? How dare I what? I don't know. It's just I know the power play is politics, and if you wanna, if you wanna be able to land at any station, don't do power power play, or if you know the risks, do power play. More True. than I, more than that, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I've um, I pledged him recently, and I've only pledged him to get the Pakhan missiles. So they're a weapon that is really strong. They fire out multiple missiles and lock onto one point, which is really effective for 
fighting. Yeah, I I heard that power play is only done for different kind of modules. I yeah. heard that there is like uh, the prismatic shield generators are also from power play, right? Yes, that's um, Felicity Winters, I think. But yeah, I'm going to get to, I think it's rank four. I need to get 750 merits and be pledged to that for them to them for four weeks and then I get access to the modules. I'm going to buy about 10 of them and then uh, leave the faction. And then once I've done that, I'll be chased for a bit by their ships. They'll send out ships to get me, but I'll just hide. And then um, uh, hopefully <laughs> pledge to Zachary Hudson to get his modules and just do it like that. But you're in merits, which is the kind of the credits, but for power play, by killing the enemy factions, uh, helping with expansion and stuff like that. Anything else but it's like you can actually, what you will do then is you will buy a module, you go to a station, store the module and buy another one? Or how does that work? So once you once you reach the certain rank, you can at any station. I think it's any station, or maybe just in the in their zone. But you have, can buy the module, and then you can store a bunch up. But once you leave the faction, you can't buy any modules anymore. So ah, okay. It's yeah. not like it's not like the guardian stuff that you have to craft the modules. No. So you can just with the guardian stuff, which is extreme technology. You can um keep it once you've done the things for it. But with power play. You have to pledge again to get it. But it, it takes a lot of time. It's God, not like yeah. you can do it in a day. Mm. It takes time, right? Yeah, it does. I haven't done it yet. I've tried to, but then we couldn't find the Guardian site. So. <laughs> and uh, another important uh, thing to mention is that that is not to be confused with um, engineering. Oh, Engineering yes. is based more on the idea that you augment and improve your existing modules instead of purchasing new ones or getting blueprints. Um, What you'll do for things like engineering is you'll purchase standard modules and then you take them to obviously engineers that come with the Horizons expansion and um, from there they will ask you for different kinds of materials that are actually really easy to grind if you know where to go. And it is still a grind. Out, oh, for sure, it's still a grind. But um, it's it's definitely easier knowing places like Dav's Hope, where all you have to do is sit in a little dune buggy and scoop up materials every five minutes. You know? um, how do you get hold of meta alloys? Because that's a thing desired by a lot of engineers, and I don't know how to get them. So ah, yes. So meta alloys. That's actually where a uh, very handy site of ours. Well, not not of ours, but a site that many fuel rats use is a site called Inara.cz. Inara.cz is a companion uh, site for Elite Dangerous, which basically provides massive amounts of information regarding stations, shipyards, outfitting, all sorts of different kinds of things. And um, meta-alloys can actually be found by using the search system in Inara.cz, and what it'll do is it'll tell you where they can be located, how far they are from whatever system you decided that you wanted to originate from. And on top of that, it also gives you an average price of the stations that are in the system for those meta-alloys, how many are in stock, up to generally about an hour of refresh rate. And um, from there, it's all fair game. All right, so um, Jordan, don't you have a couple of questions about uh, the other sites as well? 
Yeah, there are different kinds of sites like ADDB and Corolius. Corolius is a ship builder. There are multiple kinds of ship builders, but I've used Corolius for the longest time. And um, as handy. for Anara and ADDB, you can make accounts and you can log accounts and keep all uh, all your stuff in Anara, so you don't actually have to find anything in Elite Dangerous itself. So if you want to look up for example commodities like you're doing a source and return mission and you need like 70 paper airplanes one, for example one problem for it though is a lot of people say that these um these sites make elite dangerous not as dangerous what would you say about that yeah it's 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 a little it's a completely different game because uh lately i read it i rescued someone it was a very 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 new player and I told him about ADDB and how you can use the community finder tool in ADDB.io. Yeah. And he was telling himself, like, this learning curve is so steep. Like, the, f the first four hours of me playing this was using pencil and paper of, like, writing down which station has what and <laughs> this has and that has what. But what wow. he doesn't, what he didn't know is that the stations over time also update mm. and won't be having the same... Uh, the same units, the same communities, and the same stock of it. No, so there won't be as much as supply. Well, yeah, it is a very, very, very steep learning curve. But Elite Dangerous have put things yeah. in place now, haven't they? At the start, they've made a starting system for the um for the new beginners. Yeah. Beginners. Yeah, it's also like the tutorials of the game are like tutorials from like here is how to do it. No, it's like just do it, find out how it works, and then come back to step two. There aren't really like tutorials explaining how it works. It's like tutorials like do it, find out how it works, then you know how it works. Yeah. And that that's the other issue that some people have with the argument of it making Elite Dangerous less dangerous is in all reality, I mean, we're talking about the year 33,000. So in in reality, we wouldn't, have any problems communicating with vast communications networks about what stations have which at what time it would be a very efficient system i think if we, like if we can travel at the speed of light you know we would have at least a decent communication system yeah yeah i think like something like inara and ADDB should have been actually in the game yes but the the what i was talking about about updating uh, there is a program people run, a lot of people run. I don't know if you run Ada Discovery. Uh, I had a look at it, but I decided to choose Captain's Log instead. But yes, continue. You use it, TS you use a branch? Uh, sorry, which use which one? Uh, Ada Discovery or something else. I can't say I've used that one before now. It's, it's a program that actually updates the, the time basement of... Uh, like modules and commodities. Oh, okay. If you, if you, it's like you run it in the background, and everything that happens to you, like you land on a ship, you get attacked, you get interdicted, etc., etc. You buy something, you refuel. It will get locked, and it will get updated to Inara and ADDB and uh, every other types of things. And they will plot nice, nice and looking graphs and stuff. And you can figure out everything in a better UI than the game itself. Again, when the, when Branch said we're in the year three thousand three hundred and six at the moment, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. 
I think like something like the ADDB, the Inara, the Corolius, all those things were built by the by the players who play the game, and it's mm. like it has to be there. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine playing this game without those tools. Definitely, it makes the game a lot more different. And I I don't understand your point of view, but still, other players are going to be having conflicting opinions. But anyway. Let's um let's quickly have one more advertisement break and then we will move on to the fuel rats. Distant Worlds Explorer's Journal, version 3.451, time and date unknown, voice log number 23, playback initiated. Well, it wasn't so bad after all. This expedition figured I accidentally signed up for. Met a couple of commanders. Exploring the vast nothingness filled with wonders together is way more fun. But what I didn't sign up for was the cult that formed during the expedition. Several mechanics banded together and started calling themselves Hull Seals. And before you knew it, they became a bloody cult. But I should have kept quiet about that. They don't like when someone runs his mouth foul about them. Still, they are very useful, despite not being normal. They repair ships, and save commanders who have problems. Still, there's one thing that worries me. Currently, we're travelling to the Sith Waypoint, and the situation with the Seals is... Ah, totally out of control. They started their own religion in the 34th century. Of course, it's not a big deal, but they do seem a bit violent if it comes to it. What's that? Did I just graze an asteroid? In the middle of nowhere? I must be hearing things. Radar was clear. Computer reports 100% hull. That was weird. Anyway, rumours are those peaceful mechanics will murder any commander on site if he opposes them. Truth be told, I want to have nothing in common with those three. Wait, what's that? Three? No, five marks on the radar. Oh, make it seven. Pirates? Impossible. Why would you go? Damn it! Thrusters won't power up! Every steer's dead! No! 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 Warning, hull integrity critical. Repair limpet engaged. back after that sexy advert from Hutton Orbital. Hutton Orbital? Not Hutton Orbital. Hull Seals. Right. And I'm going to hand it over to Geordie to um, tell us about the Fuel Rats. Go ahead. The Fuel Rats, the, the, the people uh, actually, we are Fuel Rats. We, we have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Squeak. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, the ra- the way the fuel rats came about was a pretty basic process. Um, our original founder, obviously, got you know stranded out in the middle of the deep dark abyss, and uh, was thinking to himself, he was like, you know what, this is not how this game should be for everybody. And um, eventually, he started getting together a group of guys who would want to try and figure out ways to rescue people. And that is actually around the same time that uh, the developers for Frontier Games decided that they were going to add what is called a fuel limpet transfer controller. 
Now what this allows us to do is fire little robot probes filled with fuel, attach to your fuel tank, fill you up, get you on your way. And hence hence our slogan, we've got fuel, you don't, any questions. And um, we operate throughout pretty much the entire game. Uh, we have guys that are all the way out in Colonia. We have guys that will fly for literal hours just to make sure that you don't lose your ship and your nav data. Yeah. And now, um, Jordy, do you want to actually talk this time? Yeah, I just locked up for a second. Thanks, DSO, for taking over. Uh, no problem. Did, did I hear it right that the fuel transfer limpet controller was made for fuel rats, or has it already been in the game? It wasn't necessarily made for the fuel rats. Um, it was a thing that came around the same time that the fuel rats came into, you know, beginning. But um, the fuel rats weren't really popular until they started taking Elite Dangerous by Storm uh, a couple months after they were uh, created. Yes. Uh, okay, because uh, I've learned that you can just go to the site, fuelrats.com, and you can just uh, tell if you, where you are, uh, if you are on oxygen, as a emergency oxygen. If you run out of fuel so far, your oxygen supply will turn off and you will be on emergency oxygen. What you will do if you run out of fuel and on, are on emergency oxygen, you always have to log out immediately. That gives us more time and more opportunities to rescue you. Oh, and we also do have rats on every single platform. So if you get stranded well fuel on ps4 xbox or pc we have rats for you anywhere exactly also we are we operate in betas as well right uh yes i believe so so yeah, if there are more rats that we have that are in beta yes. so if we have another beta for fleet carriers for example and you run out of fuel there you can also just contact us but please don't don't uh, get like a uh, fake contact because that will also, in the real world, world, don't call 911 or any other emergency numbers for just fun. Yes, That's we're, fun we're the same um, uh, security level as 911. It should also be noted at this point in time that we don't mine tritium fuel for carriers. Yes. That's not no, in our really It's not like, oh no, my carrier out of fuel, please donate tritium. No, we won't. We already don't <laughs> make money off this. Not that we want any money, but we won't be donating money instead. But you can donate well, through the um, uh, link that is on the website if you do ever come across if fuel you, rats and they do serve a lot towards your ship and they help you out a lot. Do not forget to, if you want to, it's optional to donate to the fuel rats. Now, see, one thing that I would change there is it's not necessarily that we won't do tritium. There are some rats that will take time out of their day to help you mine tritium. It's just that as far as emergency rescuing goes, rats that are actually occupied with rescuing standard ships will not usually take time out of their day to go do that. But if yeah. there are other rats that see your case and think that they can help, then by all means, they very well may. That's not a highest priority, so it's understandable. And speaking, of, and speaking about rats, you can become a rat yourself. Oh, yes. Um, uh, becoming a rat... Oops, sorry, it's you, very you, easy, you actually. I've literally been a rat for like a week now. Yep, same here. And, and a week, you as well? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Um, I joined and... about two and a half weeks ago, so I'm nearing a month now. Oh, nearing a month. Actually, nice. I all, all th thought you were like 
real older, but hey, lol. And what you do is you just enter, you have to read a lot first. That's logical. It's not easy to join something. Yeah, you can do trainings, oh, yeah. be drilled, and then you get a tail, and yeah. all like fun. I find yeah. out in the last week that I'm here, the community of few rats is like, it's really good. Wink, it's wink. a very positive community. Mm -hmm. Winks back. Slash, slash me, winks. The slash me command is used a lot in, in few rats. Yes. Yeah, that that is one of the things that people will note, is we have people that... Uh, join in our chat all the time because even if you don't want to necessarily join you still have the option to just come and chat if you want to which is always appreciated we always love you know the chat. saying hi and all that um we answer any sort of questions that you might have regarding you know fuel conservation even if you you know haven't run out of fuel you can always just join the chat and then ask about how we filter our maps for fuel conservation, more tips on how to watch your fuel gauges and your monitoring of your trips and all sorts of different things. Because we have rats that have started all the way since the in-game year of uh, 3301, which is basically around the time that the game came out. Yep. So, as you can imagine, we have some guys that can answer some pretty serious questions regarding game mechanics. Mm -hmm. We also have, um, oh sorry, information on KGB Foam. Yeah, the KGB Foam, the the, the biggest Beautiful acronym star. of remembering the star classes. Mm -hmm. Each star has a, a different class. The KGB Foam classes, so each letter of the word KGB Foam is star classes that are scoopable stars. Because if, because if you use a fuel scoop, not each star is scoopable, meaning not each star can get you fuel. What's Only that? the KGB fuel, KGB foam star classes are scoopable. What's that star that is looks like the, the really yellow the one? The Tatari. Yeah, the Tatari. It really confuses me. I'm like, why can't I scoop it? And yeah, that's yeah. the that's the T the T class and another one. I think it's the O if I'm right. No, it's not the O. O. It's no. so far as I know, it's just the Tataria that looks like a standard scoopable. Okay, right. That's well, why fuel rats hate on them so much. Yes. Well, who wants to? Uh, um, any other information on the fuel rats? Yeah, it's not only just like uh, not only for fuel tips you can join for chats. Only like. Also, if you're new and just want to ask questions, you can always pop in. Oh yes, and if you're joining, if you're sorry, if you want to just chat with us, please click on the right button. Don't click on "We Need Fuel." Click on the "Just Want to Chat" button if you are going to chat yeah, with yeah. us, because that is annoying. And please also don't chat in the wrong chat. Don't start chatting and asking normal questions in the fuel red chat. Yes. There's the yes. There's the the red chat is is that yeah. Unneedingly spooking rats is not a fun time. No, it's mm. really not fun. Right. Well, um, uh, any other last word before I wrap this up? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Right. Well, I guess um, let's just quickly discuss before we end this. What have we been doing uh this week? Uh, a lot being online of your rats. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I wish I had been able to do more rescues, but. Xbox has been suffering a lot of online issues, especially regarding the talking between Frontier and Xbox servers. 
Mm. Those two pairs of servers have not been communicating well with each other over the past week, most likely due to the beta. Um, and that has been especially difficult on X-Rats. Distracing. So, yeah, I managed to get um, three CR rescues and two standards. But the thing with a CR rescue is a code red, by the way. Yeah. A CR rescue is a code red. It's That means when you run out of fuel and you are on emergency oxygen, that's when it's a code red. Mm-hmm. That's more difficult than a normal rescue. Well, being on a, a alternate platform to PC, because PC is quite easy to get rescues. I'm saying not as easy. I mean, it's more common to get rescued because if you're on the platform PC, then you know all you have to do is go to the website um, and just search on your PC. Whereas on Xbox, they have to go on their computer or phone and they have to search that via there, or they can do it on the internet thing, but then you have to close the tab. But also, but... when you do get a rescue, it's not as not as many rats that are on Xbox, so you're kind of told that it's your rescue. Yeah, I was saying, like, there are more players on PC, right, Mm -hmm. than on the other platforms. Definitely, yes. Yeah, about 75% of our uh, rescues are PC, 20% of them are uh, Xbox, and then 5% are PlayStation. Mm -hmm. Well, um, uh, since we talked about now the platforms we've been on, and what we've been doing about Fuel Rats, what games have you been playing? besides Elite Dangerous? I've lately uh, joined the new update of uh, Scrap Mechanic. Oh, the survival survival update. update. That's cool. Yeah. Look at that, yeah. It's really grindy, by the way. It's literally really grindy. Hmm. I've been getting into uh, Sword Art Fatal Bullet with my buddies again. Oh, I haven't heard of that, actually. What was that? Um, It's it's an adaptation of uh, Sword Art Online 2. Oh, it's, oh! I love Sword Art, the anime. I love that. Yeah. So you, uh, there's actually two modes to it. There's your own story that you can follow through, mm-hmm. um, and it takes place amid the whole Death Gun fiasco and all uh, that. Okay. Um, and then once you get further and uh, once you get far enough along in that story, you're actually allowed to play Kirito's oh. uh, point of view, which allows you to actually fight Death Gun. That's in cool. uh, the Bullet of Bullets challenge. <laughs> well, so. Yeah. Well, myself, I've been playing, I've been just grinding out the Steam cleanup sale. So <laughs> I'm nearly at the end of that already. <laughs> and then and then I just literally just found so many free to play games. I've just been grinding out loads of those. I didn't know how good at FPS as I was. It's, I don't know. But, um, well, yeah. Anything else? Anything do, you, else? do you have VR? Uh, no, I don't have VR actually. Oh, because if you have VR, the the game Derail Valley is a train train controlling simulator. Just literally had a massive overhaul, and I'm planning on buying it. Ooh, have a look at that, actually. Okay, right. Yeah, it's only interesting if you have VR because it's a VR only game. Oh, uh, oh, that's annoying. Oh, all right. Today's gonna suck for me. I have a bunch of brick to lay in my yard. <laughs> Wait, Wait, you're gonna you you're gonna lay brick up? at four a.m. <laughs> Well, you're gonna like break at 4 a.m. That's why I was sleeping before yeah. you. <laughs> Tell them we woke you up to do this. Yeah. Uh, well, we're oh, sorry. Freaking morning. <laughs> you, you fell asleep during the ad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna end it here. If you did okay. enjoy this podcast, um, do not forget to check out our other podcast. At the moment, obviously, you haven't got any other podcasts, but I'm gonna say this at the end of every other podcast, so you know that we're gonna have more podcasts. 
And if you do enjoy and you want to um, support us financially, do not forget to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash squeakingfuel. Um, that's under renovation at the moment. Uh, do not forget to check out our Inara accounts, Commander Max Luna, Branch. TSO Leviathan. Yep, and George... Wait, don't tell me who it is. Jordy. Shut up. And Jordy, what's your commander name? Uh, I actually don't know my Inara page. It's uh, Commander1120-2538. I don't have a name. Right. It's Jogo Gamer. So go check us out. If you, yeah. Um. Right, well, I don't know how to end this. Uh, bye-bye. Bye. Uh, Did you say twig? Twig. Twig. <laughs> twig. <laughs>